In today's show, we talk to creative mastermind Henry Belcaster. Henry and his team are responsible for some of the dopest video edits on the internet. Yeah, I said it. They're able to take the traditional podcast clip to a whole nother level, which makes them stand out on any platform you are scrolling. One of their clients happens to be one of my favorite podcasts, My First Million, hosted by Sean Pori and Sam Parr, who are uber successful angel investors, entrepreneurs, and creators. These guys aren't especially easy to get in front of but somehow Henry and his team were able to cold contact them and make this relationship happen in this episode we learn all about how he did it how he approaches his creative work how he has built a creative team and we talk about his personal content mission with his own YouTube channel and stories he's one of those guys where you look at his content and you go oh yeah this dude this dude's gonna blow up Welcome to the show. My name is Tom Boyd. In this show that you're listening to, we explore how storytellers are building brands online from the creative process, the mental frameworks, the monetization strategies. I'm fascinated about how these individuals are building brands around their individualities. And in this show, we learn what's working so you can apply them to your mission. And while we're here, if you feel like it, hit that Apple podcast link, give your boy a review. It sends the podcast to more people, which means I look cooler. So future guests will want to be on the show. All right. Enough about me. Let's get into the episode. So uh, question, you're right now, you and your team are making some of the dopest clips on the Internet. And I applaud you for that. It's, it's not it, I, in multiple different conversations with creative friends. Like your clips have came across you know, like my inbox. People share them to me. Like, yo, have you have you seen what these guys are doing? No one knows who, who's doing them. Found out it's you and your squad. So my question is one: How the heck did you start working with the with the My First Million podcast team in order to collaborate with them and make those clips? We gotta take it back, Tom. Um, I know, I know, I, I, I know. I knew, I knew that that would be loaded. I knew that would be loaded. So I want to go to the beginning of that conversation to where so we are now. It's so loaded because these things, like maybe your friends are sending. First of all, thank you. That those words are awfully kind. Um, it's loaded because, and I never thought this was the case until it happened. But this whole notion of like overnight success thing, it mm-hmm. literally looks like in the blink of an eye, we made a video for my first million, the podcast. They pick us up, they pay us a bunch of money, now we're doing their content. And like, that couldn't be further from the truth. It's just been like this ridiculous roller coaster. But essentially, my business partner, Dylan, and I, um, my first friend from college, uh, we, we, left, we left school, we graduated, and we were like the only two entrepreneurs. So we're like, hey, this is a hard path to take, so we gotta stick it out with each other. And, uh, then the pandemic hits. We both go on unemployment. Thank you to the U.S. government for, for that sponsorship. Um, <laughs> by the way, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant um, return on their investment, right? It's like pay for guys people. like you, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. I guess we're talking about maybe it, an anomaly uh, in, yeah. in that context. Um, but okay, they got a good return but on still, us. But still, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, frankly, I'm still on it. Dylan hasn't paid me. I haven't been paid. God <laughs> That's a completely different story. Um, so they have not seen a return on me. But anyway, <laughs> Dylan calls me up. He's like, dude, um, no one understands like this space and what we're talking about and why you would go to a good school and drop everything to become entrepreneurs. So let's start a podcast. And that's what we did. We started the Smart Nonsense Podcast. 
where we just talked about really smart. Hey, right there. Um, we just talked about really smart things and we hoped like we could distill these, these complicated stories or, uh, I guess things you learn in school and distill them into jokes or nonsense or mm-hmm. explain it to our audience. Like they're five years old because that's how we think. Um, now Dylan wanted to shoot this podcast every day, but God knows he didn't want to edit the thing. That's, that's too much work. That's way too much work. Um, so in order to just focus on the creation side and be prepared to shoot a podcast every day, Dylan built out this, this system to outsource all the editing, all the transcribing, all the posting to Apple, Spotify, wherever our website as well. Um, so that's almost a year ago now. And then just one day at a time, building that system, hiring more editors, uh, talking to new guests on our podcast, we're like, wait a minute, people would pay for this kind of automation. Can, Please. Before you go further, can you tell me a, a, the, in the simplest form what that automation looks like? From the creating of the podcast, what happens next? Sure. So Dylan calls me up at noon. We shoot a 20-minute podcast over lunch. We upload that to Google Drive. It's automatically downloading uh, to our, our editor's machine in the Philippines. Okay, now it's like 2 a.m. in the Philippines. <laughs> we spend the rest of the day clowning around. We go to sleep. <laughs> our editor in the Philippines wakes up. <laughs> it's on their computer. They edit while we're sleeping. We wake up the next day and it's live. Mm. So that all transpired in, in, I don't know, 18 hours or whatever. Yep. So you solved your own problem. He found a way to automate it, and it's in motion. Now you're looking at what you've done and and what's next. Yeah. Um, So that's actually a really good point. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are like, what do I work on? I I don't have any ideas. How do I be an entrepreneur? It's like just do one process for yourself. Create some one thing for yourself, and you'll realize – three dozen issues with that process. We already we already see 10 others that we'll act on someday, uh, just in terms of how we hire and how bad people are at hiring and how hard it is to hire, especially people across the world. Um, but anyway, Dylan builds this system because neither of us want to edit it. And as we're starting to like stack these kind of innovations on each other, it turns out there's a ton of creators that want to pay for what we have. Because as a creator, like myself included, I'm like, I just, frankly, I just want to do the fun thing. And the fun thing for me is just yelling on camera for 30 minutes or going on a rant about something. Um, it used to be We're editing, on that. but, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it used to be editing for me, but that was just taking up so much time that I'd be mm-hmm. burnt out the next day from editing. I'd have no energy to be the face of the thing. And so we realized a bunch of creators wanted this. Okay, now the MFM guys come around and they're like, you know, it's time to level up our podcast. We, Sam Parr just sold his company to HubSpot, a multi-billion dollar CRM company. And so they got a bunch of money at play and they're like, we need to upgrade our stuff. And we're like, do we know some guys to upgrade your stuff? Mm. Um, we're like, okay, here's finally the, op- the opportunity that we should seize to give them both. Like me personally, I can physically build this stuff. And then Dylan rolls in with the one-two punch to offer the system. And so we just went back and forth uh, on Twitter. We like totally sniped him in some other guy's 
thread about what he would do to set them up. We're like, that's not good enough. I need to run out, shoot a video, prove it, you know? So it was someone else's Twitter thread yeah. when you first. <laughs> you yeah. First, hey, so, yo, Twitter's free game, man. It's, so you you saw what that guy was offering, and you said, "Hey, this is how we would approach it." And did you flip an edit for them from an existing show? What I saw was an even better opportunity than that. It was like this. I'll, I'll name him because it's he at least deserves a shout out. Mark uh, Hendrickson, I believe. We talk about him a lot. Poor, poor soul. <laughs> And he tweets at him like, yo, Sam and Sean, this is what I would do. And he's just as small as me on Twitter. He's got like 100 followers. And both Sam and Sean are interacting on that thread. And I'm like, hold on, what's going on here? There's three comments. One's from Sam. One's from Sean. These guys are invested. So I'm like, let me chug a coffee. Let's crank this up a million notches and show them what we're going to do. And I ran out of our apartment. First of all, I, I just like hopped in there. We, um, we, we, you know, that inspect feature on like the developer tool yeah. on your, your web browser where you can like change stuff in the browser. Yeah. So we, we use the inspect tool to, uh, fake, like we had purchased tickets, airline tickets to go to Sam and, and set him up with a new studio. And then two days later, we, we showed him a fake ticket that we were going to fly to San Francisco and we're like, we're coming, whether you want us or not, we're coming. And, um, that kind of freaked him out. So (laughs) I went out and filmed a video like, Hey, you guys are throwing around a lot of stuff on Twitter. I'm going to show them exactly what I'm going to do. So I came to the studio, I shot the thing. I'm like, you need this camera, you need this mic, you need this audio driver. Um, I did it for myself. I can do it for you guys. And then Dylan hit him up the next day with kind of a sample edit that, that we could do for them. Oh man, and it was it was using your content though. It, it wasn't like their content that he made the edit from. No, so there was another hack there. So we used kind of me and my channel as just yeah. this ridiculous guy to get their attention yeah. first. Uh, but yeah. no, we used their content to do like a sample edit in our yeah. kind of animation style, and we didn't reinvent the wheel. We just went to their YouTube. We found their most popular clip. It was like four minutes. We're like, okay, that clearly performed well. So let's just edit that clip in, in yep. our style. That, that's what we did. And uh, so I have, a, I have a real side note question. You have yes. that really nice mic that you just held up. How come we're not using that for the interview? <laughs> I've got like, Tom, I've got like $5,000 of gear sitting right next to me. You know, I've got a camera I should put instead of this webcam. Yeah. Two things, okay? You, you, you t- tell me you like lo-fi. You, you prefer lo-fi over, <laughs> over quality. <laughs> I, I prefer getting shit done over, yeah. over per- perfection. Yo, or I, I'm with you. I, and I'm with you on that. I know you got the dichotomy, but no, um, Dylan, he doesn't come into my studio. He hates it. I love it. He's got mm. the audio driver at home. Okay. I have an audio driver myself, but it's not on the new MacBook M1 shit. Yep. So I'm screwed. Okay. I'm screwed. Got it. Got it. Got it. I, and this is going to be a low key plug to Shure. This is why I actually got this one. It's the cheaper version of the Shure mic, but you can plug. It's a USB, so you can plug right into the computer. Oh, you sound good too. Yeah. If you put them side by side, that mic definitely sounds better. But I like this one for the versatility. It just has to be good enough. And actually, that's the. If you had me and Dylan sitting down right now, that'd be the difference. Dylan would not come on this podcast <laughs> as I just did. 
without that mic, without our cameras lined in as a, as a webcam. And I'm like, yeah, but then we got to stress about the whole thing. Then we show up, we're sweating. I was sweating. My Wi-Fi went out. I'm like, let's just do it, you know, and, and move on because it's just got to be good enough. Well, well, you bring up a good point because uh, we're learning a lot about Dylan and your personalities and your relationships. Uh, in your relationship, and you hear different things. Yeah, how how you your differences between your approaches. Um, can you talk about that a little bit, and 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 if, whether that makes for a good business partnership, or you would re- tell people to hey, link with someone that is exactly like you? No, I think it's fantastic because because I call Dylan out on on his perfectionist bullshit, and he mm-hmm. calls me out on mine. But when you mm-hmm. marry those two things, it's like we get a lot of shit done that's really high quality, you know? Yep. Um, even things like my vlogs, which he doesn't really have any stake in other than them kind of being in our ecosystem. He'll just be like, dude, that title makes no sense. Dude, that thumbnail, like what the fuck? And so if we can compromise somewhere between like just I'm like just put something out at all costs and he's like get it out at 99%. If we can meet somewhere in the middle, you actually put out a lot of really high quality stuff. And I think that works well. Um, two perfectionists probably don't get anything done. Yep. Two executors like myself probably don't ever get to like the highest uh, level of creation. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like so he he ha- he's he's able to build a lot of like this the systems around the ideas for the people that you're working with. Correct. Uh, OK. So solely now- because he's lazy. He's just like and <laughs> conveniently lazy. Conveniently love, lazy. <laughs> smart lazy. You know. Smart lazy. Um, those are like the most successful guys I know are, are are smart and lazy because they just systematize everything. It's brilliant. And and more and more, I'm seeing the value in those individuals. I I, I identify with more of your approach where. I'm just like, yo, let's full court press them every single day. Let's do everything, <laughs> you know, where people are like, hey, you could just like click one button and <laughs> solve all of that if you did a little more thinking on the front end. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to convince yourself if you're that way, if you're my way, to put in that startup energy. Like when we're taking on a new client or building a new system, it's like Dylan will go for 72 hours straight. And like that's what it takes. And then he's just in bed, sleeping, reading, hanging out, walking around. Yep. The rest of like so I'm, I'm sprints exactly we're not meant to just be like aimlessly wandering through things answering even like no no I, I, i'm I starting know. to get that that sprint mentality it's it's smart okay so so you're going back and forth with the guys on twitter you make the video what is the next uh development <laughs> with that so dylan hits him up with with the, the edit and sean Puri, the bigger of the two on on twitter DMs Dylan or or DMs both of us and he's like this is cool what do you guys want what's your background and we're like oh shit okay that's it Um, so now it's just a matter of of not fumbling at at the one yard line and uh, I think the lesson here because this is like it's just a monstrous story we might have done a podcast or something on it but Sean called us up uh, because he wanted to just like hear about our stories and he did this really special thing for both of us. And I think for creators in general, entrepreneurs in general, and he told us just like what you guys are doing, our hustle, our getting their attention, are just going before getting permission. He's like, what you guys are doing, that's totally right. No, no parent wants to tell you that. 
no one you look up to is going to tell you that. He's like, I was meant to go to med school, and but instead I wanted to open a sushi restaurant, and I did it, and it worked out. And he's like, I'm here to be that kind of father figure, to take you under my wing and, and tell you that it's going to work out. So don't stop mm-hmm. doing this this craziness. And that was like a huge validation for us. Just, you know, like I said, this looks like it happened overnight. This is like two, four, six years of just no one wanting to listen to us. No one yep. caring about what we're doing. Parents like, why are you doing that stupid thing? Why can't you just go to law school, go to med school, mm-hmm. uh, go to grad school? You know, so that was like a huge, huge validation from Sean. Yeah, so in that call, he's not even talking about like, hey, uh, this is the client relationship. He's just saying, hey, let's let, – I respect what you're doing. This is this is how I'm seeing it, and yeah, let's let's if I can support you, that's awesome. But there was no like work, not nothing around like, hey, this is the official role. Nothing because he knew. The other thing he told us is like, I get so much. This is Sean. I get so much crap inbound, and it's so it's it's so meh, and it's so mm-hmm. obvious to me when you are that top 1% of executors and that 1% of the 1% that's doing really good quality execs. So he's like, I don't care what you guys want from us. I don't care what we do, but I'm here to tell you that like you guys, like that is what a lot of people should do. Um, And this is a totally viable career option. So if nothing else, like we're going to be in in contact. And it was amazing. And, and Sean's, world is i i think if you boil down what he's extremely good at and i might be entirely wrong i know him solely from the podcast but it's at seeing potential in Mm. ideas in people in businesses in products and i think part of that conversation is him just saying i see so much potential in you guys just just give me a shout if you need any assistance I, i think that's exactly what it was not to like toot our own horn but but you're right uh on that podcast sean is like the ideas guy, he's got the angel fund, like that's his shit. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of took the angel funding stance on us. Like these two guys are doing something right. And I wish I had my own Sean Pori above me at 23 years mm. old to come in and say, Hey, Sean, you know, that sushi restaurant, great idea. Go do it. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to mess up a lot, but that's going to lead to a, a bajillion other things. And now he's 30 and he's crushing it. So after that conversation, what is the what, what happens next for you guys to officially be in collaborators? Yeah, so I think shortly after that, we flew out uh, to to pimp out Sean's studio. I've got vlogs about that. I don't know if we link them, but um, Sam happened to be out of town, so Sean was like, "Yeah, come by, set me up," and we did. I, I think we delivered, um, and then. I wasn't even working with Dylan at that point. I was literally just there to kind of like be this attention grabbing loud guy face of, mm-hmm. of the operation and physically build Sean's studio. Um, and then Dylan just does a, a lot of back and forth with them because that was kind of his first client with this system. And that took a lot of, a lot, like we said, a lot of that startup energy, uh, figuring out what this stuff's worth, what it's valued at. It's really hard to figure out how to assign a value to something kind of ethereal like 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 twitter content you know there's no direct there's yeah. no direct you know this is like this yeah, is I what totally you do know for it. it's a challenge <laughs> it's a challenge to package that so it was a lot of figuring that out what we just figured out today we're like when we start working with new people we should probably 
mandate that they run paid ads just because that gives us data to show like, yo, this thing converted this much better. That means this much more uh, money for you yep. all. Because we're kind of in this wishy-washy, these clients are like, why do I need all this content? We're like, well, you need to keep showing up consistently, but like, what does that mean to your bottom dollar? Um, but anyway, we figured that out and we've, we've been working with them uh, ever since and it's just been madness, good madness. So you figured that out. Um, tell me a little bit about the the studio setup, real quick. There, they I've noticed in their videos you don't see any microphone. Are they? Are, is it above them? Yeah, we got a you shotgun got that thing mic dangling. So okay. you're gonna hear if you listen to my first million podcast, Sean's gonna sound a lot better. That's because we went in, we set up his shotgun mic and like really got it close to his mouth, so it's just out of frame but close to him. Um, Sam sometimes switches between that same usb mic you got or the shotgun he set up himself but it's like super far away and he just always sounds like shit that's like that's an ongoing problem we have with sam <laughs> but we never actually went down to austin to help him out so um yeah we, we went with the shotgun mic because we also want him to be like actually we were modeling peter mckinnon we sent the guys like a yeah. kind of menu of like sets we could build and Sean really resonated with Peter McKinnon's, which was kind of like the workshop, home office, knickknacks behind him, but at a flat table, kind of like you are right now. And then he just wanted to use his hands, and that's why we were like, all right, let's get a shotgun yeah. mic in there. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I like that. I like that setup a lot because I, I was like, I, I want to get to that point where I do that right now. This is like the the quickest, like just for me to just throw it on and record quickly and, and not think about it too much but eventually I want to get to that point because I'm a I'm a hands user I'm yeah a, you know I'm, I'm all up in your face so yeah. I want to get to that point where I, where I set it up that way all right so you start building the relationship with them when do is it is it a trial because I'm I'm going through this kind of step by step because no matter what industry a creator is a collaborator someone that wants to work with someone that's above their level I think that they can learn from like the take the you know, each little takeaway in this story. So do you start out as sort of a trial period and say, hey, what would this look like? And then you start charging. Uh, and then, the, yeah, and then we'll go into the next question after. Yeah, so we, uh, like you said, like when you have no portfolio, you have no proof of work, we just make silly YouTube videos. Um, we had to really put put our own money on the line in a sense. Yeah. So. And time. And time. Resources. Sweat, yeah. yeah, completely. So we threw everything we had. We only had a couple editors at the time. We started scaling really fast. And uh, if I remember correctly, we gave them a month free. And so we had to we had to eat some 20 some odd thousand dollars of, of our own money to, and, and that's really hard to do to say like, uh, we need to give this investment now with some blurry upside of the future based on the fact that they might sign up to like work with us each month um so that's definitely i guess something we don't talk about but ha you have to be like so optimistically upside oriented to say if we hire these people now and we pay them two things yes it'll pay off in the long run but also if it doesn't i like to think it's good fire under our ass to find new work or find uh new ways to, to pay the bills in essence. And our, our biggest breakthroughs keep coming when we're under the most pressure. It's totally true. 
Because there's no other choice. Away. It's either we, yeah. we fire half of our team. This was two weeks or four weeks ago. We either had to fire half our team or find more work. And we're like, half our team is the best video editors in the world. We're not firing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to find more work. And then you know, we did the next day. So so how um, – when you guys were risking that, that 20K – uh, was there any hesitancy between you and Dylan in, in like make, deciding whether or not that, that was a good, good investment of your time and money? I guess – okay, two things. I wasn't working with Dylan at the time, so it was his okay. money. I also lied to you because – Perfect. Yes. It was, it was 20K uh, as potential. Now, at cost, because Dylan's oh, this smart it. lazy, um, you know, he's got this – we now have our entire team working remote in the Philippines. So at cost, it's actually incredibly effective. It was probably on the order of like five to 10 K. I don't know what margins were at the time. Um, but no, that was all Dylan. I was building my own startup at that time. Um, but we were kind of colluding behind the scenes on on this stuff. Got it. Cool. So, so you eat that 20 K and now you're rolling. Did you guys, I know that you said that you started because you were creating for your own podcast. At that time, you started to – when did you start kind of forging this, u- this unique style of clips? I'm sure there's <laughs> other people doing similar, but I will say I've seen a lot of people mimicking that style in the last month or two uh, as a result of, I'm sure, the popularity of the way that you guys edit the content. Yeah, we have no idea. We just, we had this whiz. He's still with us. He's always kind of leading innovation for us. AJ, um, Dylan tells AJ like, yo, we got this major opportunity. I need you to stay up all night, edit this thing and come up with something new. And I think three or four times that night, AJ scrapped the entire project. And then he came back with this thing that you see now in its kind of rudimentary form where he's like, in, in a Twitter clip, storytelling by scrolling down this like never-ending Adobe After Effects yep. uh, board. And I, like we don't know. We have no idea what inspiration he slammed together to create that yep. thing. A lot of it's like this Vox-style explainer. Um, but no, I think that's the beauty of, of letting creators just be creators is – Whatever AJ's watching, he took like five things and just smashed them together. And now people are copying us, which is nuts. Yeah. So it comes down to working with identifying and learning how to work with talented people. Mm-hmm. And you know what we've, what we've found is when you're working with highly, highly talented people, especially talented artists – you got to just let them go. Let them fly. Let them fly. Every time we, Dylan and I, storyboard something or try and creatively direct something, they do our, our vision like super perfectly concretely, but it, it's missing all the creative mm. juice because we impose that, that vision on them. That's why I stopped working for other people. I was like, I can't edit this thing 15 more times with all these things you're saying. It's just never going to be any good. Tell me a little bit about that. So you were editing for other people. Yeah. Uh, you were doing you know, client work for other people. You were actually um, – you, your hands were dirty chopping the content because um, that's something that I run into a lot where it's like <laughs> – like, it's very different making something for yourself and then for 
a client. You know, like there's just like there's this creative pull, but it's cool that you've been able to take that and learn. Okay, I don't like when clients work with me this way, so I'm not going to work with my creatives this way. Exactly, exactly. And the thing with clients. I don't know about you, but that stuff never sees the light of day or so much of it never sees the light of day. I'm like, what, would they <laughs> publish it or they publish it in the wrong way? Like the copy where they use it. It's, just, it's, it, it's, it's just a letdown. You get deflated and you're like, why do I put so much time into this? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And then I'll be like, all right, here's the vision. Here's my vision for the thing based on what you're telling me. I'll edit it. They're like, we see that cut. No, we want this. I'm like, okay, why didn't you say that before the first edit? Fine, I'll do it. Um, third edit comes around. They're like, no, can we go back to that thing you did the first time? I'm like, I'm 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 out of energy at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so I was like, I will yeah. never, never do that to another artist. So, so so that that's that's a good segue into your YouTube channel because I have a belief that most of my creative friends they get actual client work based off of the work that they do for their own individual personal projects because that's where they're able to be <laughs> the most creative. But when you're working for clients, like they put all these, you know, these constraints on you so everything's watered down and then it's just like kind of bland. I don't show anyone my client work. I'm, like, I'm not really I'm not that dope. But like uh, so you have this YouTube channel and I've noticed your videos. I feel like your videos you're literally talking to one person. Like it's almost like cold outreach to like certain <laughs> individuals, whether it's a, a person that is, you know, somewhat celebrity like or it's a one person that you say, I want you to know these book notes that I that I learned today. Yeah. Can you talk about your YouTube channel and what what's what purpose that serves in this whole idea ecosystem you got going on? Yeah, you're 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 totally right. Clients just they get bummed out because you don't deliver what they hired you off of. It's like yeah, no wonder, because you told me to do all this shit I don't normally do. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It makes no sense. But your buddy, uh, Jonathan Barshop, told me he had this great line. I don't know where he got it, but he was like, it's not about getting a million views. It's about getting the one view. Maybe it was you mm -hmm. even. I don't know. Was yeah, I you? think that was, might have been me that said that. It was you. Okay, I talked <laughs> to you guys. Maybe he said it too, but... <laughs> hey, it's we, we, whatever. These things... I, I think a lot of people have felt that or said that in some way. <laughs> no, it was totally you. I just talked to you back to back yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that day. But but you're, you're right in that, like, it would be awesome, don't get me wrong, if a bajillion people watch my stuff. I'm like, I put a lot of effort into him. My editor, Ken, puts a ton of his creative energy into him. I would, I texted him or I slacked him last night. I was like, it's unfair that more people aren't seeing this, but it's totally fine because the right people are seeing it, you know, um, with my they limited I agree with subscribers you. and views, like I can get David Sachs attention or Sean and Sam, for instance, uh, Bobby Brown at one point, it's like, it, it just, you don't need to have a lot of followers to stand out and get these people attention, get these people's attention. I think we... It seems harder than it is, but especially on Twitter, these creator, uh, these these moguls or whoever you're talking about, they're they're so much closer as as a point of contact than you'd ever imagine. If you can just like give them enough value and not ask them for anything. So when I make those like one-off videos, I'm just like, uh, here, 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 here. This is about you. This is a video about you. It's all about you. You love yourself, and then the universe kind of does its magic, and it and it comes back to us. People just care about themselves, you know? Yeah, and you do it in a way that is very genuine to you. When I look at your videos, I feel like 
uh, I feel like you're our friend making a, a video for me. You know, it's like, hey, just here's my 20 minute experience from the day. The the video that you made. So let's take it through. Like you make the the video for Jake Jason Calcanis. I think it's like Jason Calcanis. I want to be you. Yes. Yeah, when I grow like up, that. something like that. Yeah, yeah. I want to be when I grow up, and I'm like, if I'm Jason Calcanis, I don't care how <laughs> big I am. Like, I'm, I'm gonna check that out. And did did he like you share? You take that link, you share it to Twitter, and say, hey. First thing he says, I don't know what you want. You're hired. <laughs> That's what he said. This is Jason Calacanis, okay? And what he didn't, what he didn't see. This is another brilliant me versus Dylan. Is right before that video went out. I had misspelled his last name in like six different spots. In the thumbnail, in the title, in the yeah. description, in like and two just, shots in the video. <laughs> exactly. And so Dylan calls me up. He's like, dude, what are you doing? You spelled his name wrong? I'm like, okay, I'll just play dumb. And Dylan's like, no, that's actually – so our motto is anything goes really, just do no harm. That's like our going mm. – uh, that's it's our last motto. filter for putting stuff out is just do no harm. Yeah. And he was like, this actively does harm. It's the first video you're putting out towards these guys and you spell his name wrong. It's stupid. Um, but yeah, it's like <laughs> Jason then comments the next day. He's like, for another video I made for David Sachs, he's like, these public DMs are crazy or something. And I was like, oh, mm. that's what those are. That's They're public DMs. I just made a yeah. display publicly to just be like, again, if you watch the video, it's all – Here's why Jason Calacanis is dope. It has nothing to do with me. Jason Calacanis is dope, dope, dope. This is why I want to be you when I grow up. And like you said, how he's a human being. You don't, you can't ignore that. You can't. And you don't know, I mean, I don't know if anything developed from that, but you don't know like when something will. It may be in five years, you're path of lines and uh he just you being a familiar face and like has some context to who you are could like set you up for some crazy opportunity right and it's like the sean thing so we're still kind of doing all ins content just because it's great exposure and they like it we haven't even talked about uh coming on to to have them as client we don't care frankly we're doing some more work with david Sachs because he's super interested um but like you said it's jason calacanis knows who I am now. He knows my picture on Twitter. He follows me. Like it's, it's the Sean thing where like, I don't care what we need to work on together now. I don't even care about the money, but if I need anything from him or through his channel in the next 10 years, like I'm probably going to get it, you know, which is more than, you know, a two month pertainer to edit, edit yeah. content, right? Yeah. Now. You can't, you can't put a, a price on that. You can't yeah. put a price on that. So, so okay, I just got the chills thinking about this. Um, th uh, that leads us right into this. I want to take three of the titles of your YouTube videos and, and kind of just, just mention, them to, mention them to you, and you can talk about like, what your thinking is on them. Uh, but it leads it great into this subject. It's called Sean Pori's Advice for 20-Year-Olds. Don't optimize for money, optimize for people. Exactly. And in that instance, you're optimizing for the relationship. So can we talk a little bit more the idea behind that video? Yeah. So when we, when we went out to see Sean, not only did we set up his, his studio, but he gave us like a two-hour monologue of wisdom. Mm. And that video in particular was what, what stood out to me the most. He told us like, look, all your friends at 23 years old, 
they're in the rat race, they're running, they're, they're leveling up their careers, they're getting promoted, they're crushing it, you know? Uh, crushing it, in quotes. Um, <laughs> now, that's all fine, you know? They're gonna keep upgrading their lifestyle and they're gonna keep spending all that money. They're gonna find out when they're 40 years old, like that doesn't make them happy, um, but you have to find that out yourself. And he said, but inversely, like, who said that has to be the case? Who said that we're gonna start um, taking score with our friends at 24 and a half years old? Like we're, we're two years out of college and we're all doing status signaling, taking score. He's like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna optimize for people. You're going mm -hmm. to um, work with people you trust, build that trust, travel, learn, learn new skills, develop new skills. And let's take score at 32 years old. Yeah. Even that's early. Let's take score at 40. You know, like, yep. why are we taking score on life in our, our early 20s? Don't even take score. <laughs> you know? What like, if? Like, Imagine yeah. that. It, it, like, I, I feel like the score just like unravels like itself. <laughs> and then you realize it, it's like uh, Naval's tweet. You realize like that's what uh, or, 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 being rich isn't what you wanted in the first place. Like, like winning on the scoreboard wasn't what you wanted in the, in the first place. Like, at 40, maybe you're just like, I have this internal peace. I work with people I love. I'm happy every single day. Right. Throw the scoreboard out the freaking window. <laughs> no kidding. You know, you want to spend time with, with family members, especially if they're sick. Travel. Go spend six months in, in Paris studying French while you can. Um, yeah. The scoreboard. And, the, I'm, and you and Dylan, right? You're probably creating all of these experiences right now that you're like – that you're, you're just leveling up, you're, you're pushing each other a little further each time that is, that someone is getting a job that is just being told what to do. Like they're not building a relationship like that. I don't care what forward thinking job job you're, you're talking about. <laughs> when you have two buddies going into business and you're just venturing into this new jungle of like, it's just dark right now. And you're just like, got this light, like, I don't know, let's go this direction. <laughs> it's hilarious, you know, it's like, it's incredibly scary most days. Uh, like I said, we still haven't paid ourselves, but it's so, funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yo, I, I had this conversation with a friend. I was like, I, I, I was thinking about the 20s too. Um, and I was like, the tw your 20s are like, if there's two people that go, there's two different ways of going through your 20s. One, uh, imagine it's a jungle, right? And some people, when they just get like a job, j just for the status signaling, you know, right out of college, you want to prove that that degree was you'll get a return on that investment. So you do it, you get it, and then you're stuck there. And you stick with that one thing, and then you go through that jungle, straight through, blinders on, and you get to the end of the 20s, and then you like look back, and you're like, wait, what was that jungle all about? And, and, then, and, then, and then there's other people that go through that jungle, and they stop by the canyon. They go through the waterfall. They, they oh, see, oh, can we swing from this tree? Let's see what the leopards are doing over here. You know, you get all this texture of experience. Then at 30, you can look back and say, okay. What worked? What didn't work? What was I good at? What did I love? And you have all of this, like this context of like where you want to go next. <laughs> but the people that didn't, they don't. They're like, all right, well, I'm, there's such a um, confirmation or call sunk bias into this one path I chose. So this has to be the right route, even though there might be some um, some unhappiness and unease about that that actual route. Totally. So I think, like you said, we're just trying to collect data. It's like. I tried that, love it. Tried that, hate it. Not going to do that again. We yeah. had a, a friend come on our podcast once, Ian, and he's like, P 
people spend more time at our age, more time figuring out their 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 gun class in Call of Duty than they do asking like, oh my why God. am I doing the work I'm doing? Yep. You know, it, yep. like a video game. We don't even ask like, why? Why are we in? Why are we just going through that jungle? Because because we were told to. Yeah. Dude, that's I love it. I love it. Let's let's go right into the next clip. Yo, it's so funny. I said well, I, before the show, I was like, uh, for the listeners, we we're gonna aim to do a twenty to twenty five minute episode. We're at we're at um we're we're going on double that right now, which I'm Fuck totally em. fine with. I'm happy. It's all great content. Two more two more videos <laughs> that I want to look at. The next one is you don't need school, and in that video, you said yeah. twenty people on your staff didn't even go to film school. Let's go further into yeah. Into would that. You take a look at that. If you're if you're seeing our content, no one has a formal uh, education in film. Some of them went to art school. Uh, I think especially our graphic designers. But regardless, that, that's beside the point. My point was, I've learned almost everything I do day to day on YouTube, completely. And if not YouTube, then just from doing things, just saying. I'm going to try that today and I'm going to go do it. And I think when I really learned that this was possible is I elected to do a, a, a renovation at my parents' house. Knew nothing about construction work or, or very little. But I ordered all the materials, spent a ridiculous amount of money getting it there. And when I finished that like real tangible physical project, I was like, holy, holy shit. I can do literally anything in this world. If you give it enough time, if you give yourself enough time to mess up, to tinker, whatever, you can do literally anything in this world. And uh, you hear people say all the time, like Casey Neistat, he'll, he'll make the point a million times, like I didn't go to film school, look at me now. Um, and it couldn't be it couldn't be more true in 2021 um, that that you can just learn from doing and and from honestly these free resources on the internet, uh, just put in the reps. That's that's what that was. Learn, learning by doing and the beauty is the people that you're learning from on the on youtube you're getting these little micro skills and you're looking up things that are very specific to what you need to do right now it's very hard to go to school like right now it's like such a general you know learn communications like what the heck does that mean you know like you're going on and you're learning these micro skills and i'll double i'll go even further on that it's from people who are actively doing it right now so they say, okay, I just built this house. I'm going to go on YouTube and tell you how I constructed the deck specifically. And he just got finished doing that. Now he's telling you you how to do it. It's like I liken it to if, if you were to learn – maybe he's the, the, Le, the LeBron James of deck building, right? <laughs> like Normally LeBron James in the, in, the, in the NBA, he goes his whole career, right? This is, this is how you become a college professor most of the time. You go your whole career and then you go teach at college. But his way of doing it is outdated now because he did it 10 years ago. But the yeah. people that you're learning from in these micro skills on YouTube, he did it last week. And so it's, it's real time. It's, it's current. And it's a, it's a, it, there's no, you're right. There's no excuses. You can do that's, – That's exactly what it is. Unless you want to be a doctor or practice law, <laughs> go to YouTube University. Yeah, and, and to, to kind of wrap on that point. I elected to take a gap year after school and I was doing all this crazy stuff, spending a bunch of money, learning new skills, reading. And my mom, who is a doctor, she's like, you know, if you take a year off and you do all these things, you're going to be unemployable next year. And I'm like, 
What? <laughs> First of all, perfect. Yeah, that would be a dream come true. But but second off, I I learned an entire new. Sc- I could be a contractor next year. I could start a construction company next year. You know, there's like you're not going to get penalized for yes. um, developing yourself as a human being. And I think there's this narrative that you're going to get behind if you do that. And you're totally right. Like the, the guy on YouTube who built a deck last week, he's actually in the field with applied knowledge. So yeah, uh, yeah, I love it, man. Yo, yo, I feel like you and I could go for a long time on these freaking subjects. Like, there's, it, there's a lot of alignment here. It drives me mad. It drives me mad because it's untrue, you know? Like I don't, I don't mean to tell anyone I'm right or my way is the right way. I, I'm just trying to get to the truth, and that's like mm-hmm. Naval's big thing is like, when you've uncovered the truth, you set yourself free and you're you're peaceful. And so it drives me crazy to have like my parents who are have narrowed themselves into whatever life they've chosen to live, trying to impose on a creative like me that um, you have to do something a certain way when it's just not true. Uh, I'm going to share a little anecdote. Uh, and you and I talked before off the phone uh, a couple of weeks ago. But um, my mom said this exact same thing to me. Hmm. And she said it, I know, out of the goodness of her heart. She wants what's best for her son. And with her information, the way they grew up, like it, it, that was probably true at the time. And we were making these rap videos. And she said, Tom, like if, if you keep doing that, you know, you, like no one's going to employ you. Like, and, and I remember in the back of my head, I was like, that's my goal. <laughs> like, I don't want to work for someone else. <laughs> Lo and behold, eventually, one of those rap videos, uh, it, it was like funny rap. It was, you know, d- different chapter, right? It's like it was, uh, um, Lonely Island, you know, parody got, rap. Yeah, got the attention of the brand that eventually developed a relationship that is my current day-to-day job right now. So the actual thing that I was told wouldn't get me the job is a thing that landed me a job, and then I, I'm, I'm able to do it in my way because they saw who I was. I was authentic in my my cold outreach, my my way of communicating to them. Did, did your mom after that event say I knew I knew that would happen all along? I knew <laughs> I knew you'd get it together, Tom. I knew that's what no, mine does. Um no, it's, no, 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 it's no, the worst. No, no, she no, she airs no, on no. the side of pessimism and then takes credit for when things work out. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, they worked out because yeah, I tried. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, I look at I look at you, man, and and it's like it's like very clear that you're a talented dude, and like you're totally making some really awesome decisions for for your future. And that brings me into the Naval video, and, th- and this will be the last uh, focus on one of your YouTube videos. How yeah, it'll get have rich to with- be because they're starting to drill some crap next door. Okay, so it's cool. Be loud. So <laughs> cool. Let's add some. <laughs> I, I, there goes like the ambiance here. This is real, real and raw. How to get rich without getting lucky. And then talk, you talked in the video specifically about divorcing time from money. Now, if we're th- talking to a creator who is kind of thinking the employee mindset, how, uh, what, what, would, what insight would you give that, that you, would, you shared in that video to a creator to, to start thinking about um, their content more like an entrepreneur? Yeah. It, again, it, it's so tough. Because one, I haven't like made it to the extent that I'm a trusted resource or authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're in but the field. This I know. Is applied knowledge. You're, you're right. You're working on it. And so what I'll say is like, uh, again, let's just keep shitting on my mom. But <laughs> <laughs> she can't defend herself. It's unfair. But but she'll say like, 
Henry, like, why would you want to put yourself on the internet? Why would you want to assume all that risk? Um, Dylan, same thing with his parents. They're like, why do you want to create this podcast with Henry? Dylan was putting, Dylan put maybe 15, 20 grand annualized into that podcast that no one's listening to. But it's like, it's back to the point. It's not about a million. It's about one. And so if we can get the one right listener, then the leverage you, you can assume from putting yourself out there a million times, you got hired because of it. Um, it's like you, you have to kind of get over the fact that it's going to cost you upfront money. Um, put on your economist hat and say fixed costs are in the short term and just hope mm-hmm. something's going to, going to work out in the long term and, uh, divorce yourself. Like, okay, again, my mom, right. And what I was saying in that video, um, my mom will never be filthy rich. She's really, really, really well paid as a doctor. Mm-hmm. But the second she leaves work at 5 p.m., she makes zero dollars. And uh, I don't personally, I, I couldn't see myself living a life where I have to clock in and clock out and I'm getting paid for my 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. input. I'm getting some fixed dollar output. Um, Dylan and I are like, let's use the internet to do 20 minutes of input, you know, uh, generalizing here, but let's do 20 minutes of input and the output, if we can be okay with that un- upfront risk and investment, the, the output is 10 X, hundred X, a thousand X that input. Um, and Naval's point is if you truly want to get rich, you have to stop being kind of a slave to, to your wage, which is like for my mom's case, right? She's yeah. trading time for money. She's never going to become rich doing that. Um, you have to divorce those two things. Now, what he also says is like, you don't want to be that rich. And I think I also talked in that video about Felix Dennis, who wrote the book, How to Get Rich. Maybe it was another video. I don't know. I talk about the same stuff, but um, both of them are like, yes, here's how you get rich. However, it actually kind of sucks. So focus, like we said earlier, optimize for the people, optimize for your peace, optimize for happiness. Yeah. And then if you are rich, then you it's it's way more fun to be rich. <laughs> but if you don't have those things already optimized, it's not it's not solving anything. That was Naval's thing. He, yeah. he became fabulously wealthy, but he was grumpy. He mm-hmm. was out of shape, bad health, I think bad relationship with his wife and family. Um, so he's like, yeah, the money is great. You don't have to worry about getting your car fixed or, you know, there are a ton of tools I would love to just buy and have. But um, it's not going to make you a happy person. Yeah, at, at a certain point, it just it just not bringing it doesn't back do it. returns. Now, now I, and I'd say with you, what you're doing with your your company as as the the content you're creating for other people, uh, the way you've systemized that to you know it's not you and Dylan, you know all hours of the morning you've systemized it so you have a team of people working on that and that's optimizing. Um, uh, or that's divorcing time for money on your end too. Exactly. You know, like learning how to to delegate those tasks and work with people that are like more than happy to 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 be in those roles. Exactly. And then the other one is you're building a podcast where you're building an audience. And when you have an audience, that's when you get these compounding returns on your ideas. Instead of just having one coaching call, you're whatever you know, uh, you're it's. 3,000 coaching calls of of people hearing your ideas and being able to put these things into action. Right. I'm like, to to that exact point, it's like, let me, let me spend an hour filming this video that everybody asks me about 
So all the time I spend explaining each person individually, uh, I can just send them the link to this video and move on. And I do that all the time. You know, if I'm not on a podcast like, like this, Tom, it's like, Hey, uh, in DMS or whatever, I'm like, yo, already talked about that. Boom here. Hey, I made a video about this. Boom there. And they're like, send them this one. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we've found that the, the most successful, wealthiest people we know are expert delegators. That's, that's, that's really all it is, is getting 10 times the return on your own personal time and making that one decision that changes your bottom line by five or 10%. That's the important stuff. So, so um, I'm going to wrap this up here. I'm going to ask a selfish question. For this podcast, I'm in the I'm I'm at the point where I don't want to. I know the value of the short clips that need to be created. I'm great at edit, editing them. I do it already on my Instagram. I like know how far I want I want to push them, but I'm I'm going to delegate that. So that's like the first thing for me. Divorcing time and money is is trying to find. Um, a perfect editor. So I would love to be able to consult with you on uh, kind of making that decision, if it's possible. If, if not, that's totally. Oh, if you, can you know say what no. I should do? No, because I connect with people like you, and then I also connect with people who are like, I'm a video editor and I'm looking for work. Like, um, and I connected a guy yesterday who wanted to make content like you with a video editor I know in India. I put him in touch, and now they're working together. Um, so we can absolutely do that. I'm actually probably going to forward you to the same guy because he works for a couple people. Um, oh. But 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 what you're going to find is life is so much like you can't. <laughs> when I first had my editor, it was like a hundred bucks a week, and I was on unemployment. I was barely making any money. I was shooting a couple <laughs> weddings. Um, I'm like, I can't afford to pay a hundred bucks a week. Yeah, yeah. But now look at, and I went into debt doing that, which I, I can't recommend everyone does. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I took that on to be like, okay, in a year's time, I'm going to have to have figured something out to make this yep. make sense. And I Ooh, did. It's like a forcing function to, to be able to afford that. Exactly. It, it forced, I was like, oh, I just have to book one more wedding, honestly, to afford uh, that. So, um, that's the kind of Naval opportunity cost thinking is like, there's money everywhere. Some of it's got your name written on it, go out and get it. So if I need another $5,000, if you've developed all these skills, because you've taken the time to develop yourself, um, I'm like, I could go drywall someone's house for five grand. I could go paint 10 rooms for five grand, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I I mean, honestly, if I, once I start monetizing the podcast, like everything's going into producing more clips I'm just dumping it right back into it because yeah. I, I i mean so many people i mean even from getting guests to um the making the experience great for the current guest is it comes down to making really fire clips yeah yeah it's all it's really all distribution yeah. um so yeah on the clip front that's that's a bit more expensive so like our animators we pay top 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 of market it's like 1500 a month Mm-hmm. which by any U.S. standards is outrageous. And like I said earlier, outrageously good. Um, and it's way above median income over there. So we feel really good about doing it. Um, we're like, so let's see, our, our team of 20, what we could afford to like make, we could afford to hire two U.S.-based editors at that price. You know, like we can either, and I take, I don't know, I'm taking it here, but I take the kind of utilitarian view. It's like, we can help two people in the U.S. by employing them, or we can help 
20 people times, you know, seven, I forget what the GDP does, but you know, like we we have a lot more influence by outsourcing yeah. this stuff. So I'm all for uh, a lot of people that. are winning in your, in your creative totally. ecosystem. That, and that's our goal. And on top of that, it's got this beautiful time zone thing that works where, uh, we kind of have a 24 seven thing going on. Like we shoot during the day, we dump it at, in the evening, they edit during the day, we wake up and it's on to the next. So um, a lot of people are scared to do that, scared to give up their creativity and to outsource editing. We're like, you'd, you'd be a fool, you'd be a fool not to. Yep. Um, yeah. So you talked about, you talked about goals. Um, so let's wrap it up with a question about goals. Okay. A year from today, what is a win that you've accomplished in the last year that you are most proud of? That when it comes to your your creative content, a year from today, a goal I'm most proud of. Man, that's a heavy hitter. That's a heavy hitter. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you my goal. I'm going to tease my goal while I still keep thinking about it. But no, um, all I want to be doing a year from now is still standing on my two feet making these videos that I make every day. And I wanna do that because they're A, a little time capsule, a little diary of this just absurd roller coaster that Dylan mm -hmm. and I are on. And not just Dylan and I, like, uh, we, frankly, we just don't talk to enough people, but uh, like anyone in this position, you were at, at some point, just this kind of like creator market, it's like, I just want to be able to show people like myself at seven years old, eight years old, when no teacher understood me, my parents barely understood me and all these ambitions and dreams. I just want to show them that you can survive being a crazy loud person on the internet. Um, so if nothing else, I don't have to have a million subscribers. I don't have to have a million dollars next year. I just hope I'm uploading to, to prove my point that you can, uh, sustain yourself being a, a creative that's a great goal and i also think it's going to be a great title of the youtube video well here's what <laughs> you we'll can do. survive being a crazy loud person <laughs> you, can, you can be i told dylan yesterday like all we we're two stupid guys that tell stories online that's all we want to be but um in one year two things will happen i've got a kind of two-year diary entry vlog I recorded last year that's scheduled to upload next year. That'll drop, we'll see what the heck I was thinking two years ago. And then I'll, at the same time, kind of record this this video, harping on what you just said. And I just hope between now and then, I'm still making videos and I'm, I'm still happy doing that. So that's the goal. Amazing. Well, listen, man, I love the energy. I love the stories that you're sharing. I, I, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, give us some insights about how you've developed some of the relationships, built your business, because I feel like it's going to benefit every single person that listens to us. So, so thank you very much. And I'm uh, looking forward to keeping this, this conversation going uh, on online and offline. Tom, thank you. And uh, if it doesn't benefit everyone, remember, we still win if just one person benefits uh, one the right person. person. That's what I meant to say. The right I hope person. one person, <laughs> the one Tom, right person really enjoys this. This was great. Uh, yeah, we could go for hours, but, but thanks for having me. Yeah, man, of course. Have a, have a wonderful day.